When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. This is Kim Meyer, host of Choose to Rise. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Hi, this is Emily. This is Lindsay. And this is Elizabeth. Co-hosts of Beauties and Headcanons here on Public House Media. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Once you are done with this episode, we hope you'll come check out our show, Beauties and Headcanons, where we talk nerdy to you about fandoms, fan fiction, and all pop culture for nerds that you can think of. A new show comes out every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode of Beauties and Headcanons. Thanks again for checking out the following broadcast on Public House Media. to the very last episode of season one. What? We're so excited. Oh my gosh. It has been such a wild adventure and such a wild ride. And I'm so happy and excited. And we've met so many amazing individuals. And I've thought about so many different things um, and in so many different contexts and lenses that I had no idea of before. So even in this knowing our outline, knowing the questions that we wanted to ask, it's just been really, really eye-opening hearing some of the answers and then in just sort of like the level of thought and discussion having afterwards. So I've grown so much as a human and I've become so much more proud of myself and who I am and where I came from. So I'm just really thankful for that. So thank you for being here and helping us. I, I hope you've helped felt similar feelings too, um, in that level of connection. Um, so I'm just so thankful to be here and be a part of this and that you guys are too. So thanks. Yeah. I, I echo everything you just said, so I won't even add on to that because you said it so lovely. It, it's cool. And, and thinking back right before we started recording, Sarah and I were kind of going over some of the things that that we felt like we best learned. And there were so many that we were talking about and thinking through. And uh, I mean, I think if we're going back to the very beginning of the season, we we wanted intentionally to lay kind of the basic groundwork of what disability was and what our history was. And for me, a huge part of pride and knowing who you are um, is making the choice to connect to that culture. And a part of that choice to connect to the culture is understanding 
what your history is. So for me still, I think um, the episode where we really ran through quickly with Adam Ballard, what our history was. Again, it was just the basics, but just that groundwork of understanding those people and hearing those names uh, probably was my favorite part of this season, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important to know, and even looking up people from when we put that on our social media and and just sort of Googling and reading more so about their bios. I know we, we learned a brief bit of um, what Adam had shared with us. Um, but then even like writing up their profiles was just so powerful to see that like this is this person, this is this person's face, and this is what this person was doing in this particular time. Um, and just being so proud of them for taking those steps forward and for creating that change and creating policy. And now we now curb cuts are things that exist. Um, where that wasn't something that existed before. And, and I know that that's one small thing. However, our, our culture has, has shifted in a way to be able to have that be the norm um, and know that that comes from a place not that long ago. And the people who are leading that are still, some of them are still alive today. And just really powerful to, to see that and hear that and know how, how loudly they were yelling um, at that time and just so thankful for the work that they have done and to know that we are connected to that, that that's part of our history and our legacy too. And I'm just so thankful. Totally. I I mean, I think what, what you kind of were ending with there has been a huge cool thing in my world where I understand that the people who really, really, truly led these big civil rights changes, they are still alive. They are hugely still leaders in the disability community. Um, so so that's so cool. That's so cool that we have the opportunity to literally meet these leaders. These are the these are the head leaders who will be like when this goes in history books because we're gonna make it be in history. Yes, that's the thing. If that's one thing that happens before I leave this planet, I need to be a part of that. Some yeah. degree that needs to happen before I leave this earth is that our disability history needs to be in our textbooks so that everybody's learning that. Well, but also you kind of mentioned curb cuts being a small change, but I think that's good perspective. Like any little thing that feels little is is a piece of the larger puzzle and really is a big step. So I think perspective wise, that's a good way to look at it is that, you know, even if we are helping move the dial forward, even just a little bit, that's, that is progress. And if we get to be a part of that, how cool that we get to be a part of that. I, I'm so excited by that. Yes, yes. And and I think it comes back to that if we make things accessible for people with disabilities, we also make things accessible for everyone else and that everyone else can benefit from them. And it's not necessarily like, oh, we have to do this special thing for this person because blah, 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 blah. Like, no, if we're making things accessible, we're making things accessible and that's it for, for all people of different everything to be able to be a part of it. Um, and this makes me think too, for this summer, I'm building a website. So I was looking at um, how to make websites accessible and that lots of different people who can be able to interact with the website so that they're able to ac- access it. And I was reading this research article that really said that accessible websites are more beneficial to people who don't necessarily need them and that people who, who didn't identify as having any type of particular disability but was still interacting with an accessible website, like found the information they were asked to find to faster. They were able to like see the different content and click on them. They felt that it was easier to navigate all the different buttons and stuff. And it's just like, duh, because they're accessible. So everyone can be able to get the things that they need to more efficiently and more effectively 
if things are just acceptable. So we just need to make them accessible. Done, period, end of story. Right? Everything should be universal to design. It just should be. Websites should be. Everyone Yeah, literally everybody. And and there is there is a majority of the population who does understand that. So hopefully we are moving in a direction where that is what's happening. Um, yeah, I don't know what Sarah, what do you feel like is one of one of the biggest things you've learned through the past 12 episodes that we've had together? So many wonderful episodes. Um, I am really going to circle back to the media episodes and that, that section um, because I think a lot of the work that I'm doing for my capstone project too is focused on stigma. Um, and I'm building a resource that's a website that goes back to that, um, to help support parents, um, of children that have congenital indifferences. And a lot of what I'm reading in the research is that a lot of the, the things that parents and children are facing is largely that social stigma. Um, and that like functionally children are able to adapt and kind of figure out what they need to enough. Um, and be like effective at being able to engage in their activities. Certainly they need help with lots of different things here and there, blah, blah, blah. But generally people are pretty fine um, with how that works, um, but experience so much more of the social stigmas that come with it. So engage in a lot more concealing. Anyway, so just looking at, at stigma as a whole, um, and that's something I'm really focusing. It's like the theories that are guiding my whole doctorate project. So I've just, I've been really thinking about that and what stigma means and how it operates um, and really trying to understand that. So then applying, uh, just applying that to the media section. And again, like, sure, I watch movies, sure, I watch some TV, but I don't consume um, tons of media. I certainly do a little bit, but even with that, I'm not super mindful of the media that I'm consuming. Um, so, so hearing that whole section was just like really brought a lot of that to light because I don't know people's act. I don't know actors names. I don't know like theory of how to write a movie. Like I literally can't speak any of media language. Um, I was in a play when I was 12, I did fabulous, but like, I, I just don't know, you know, all the details of that world as intimately as I know details of other worlds. Um, so I just keep thinking that like as a media consumer, what we're seeing in film and TV and social media, whatever, like we're, we're um, consuming these messages. And with that, these messages are teaching us how to interact with the world, right? Um, and or largely we're seeing that like this is how we're learning how to do lots of different types of things. And so I just keep thinking of like social scripts and things like that. Um, and just how important it is that things are being portrayed. And I feel a lot of what media is are, are written to be stories so that we watch them. So I, I watched Million Dollar Baby, um, but, and, and that sort of came from the conversation with Lawrence. And it, it was really fascinating to, because I know, like he, he told us what happens in the story. So like I knew what was gonna happen in the story, but I'm still bawling on the airplane as I'm watching this. I was not working it, I was non-revving, um, but I am just like bawling watching Million Dollar Baby. And then just thinking that like, yes, people are clapping at the end and just like, and, and just hearing all of the, the conversation that we had after that movie um, and then watching the movie and just knowing how important it was that this is not, uh, this is not the messaging. And, and, and it was like interesting even when um, she is at the rehab center um, and, and being an occupational therapist, like my, one of my potential roles could be um, helping her and, and providing various occupational therapies to the main character while she's at this rehab facility, um, because she had a C2, C1 um, complete spinal cord injury. Um, 
and she's in a wheelchair and she's being viewed as being very dependent. Right. And it took like five individuals to like pick her up off the bed and put her in the chair. And I was like, come on, like, come on, we don't need that many people to help with this. Um, and, and then there was like very little mention because she can still engage with lots of things in her life and in her world. And, and so when I'm sitting there seeing her in the wheelchair, I'm like, you can get her sip and puff wheelchair. Like she's able to like, she needs oxygen being pumped into her lungs, but she still is able to produce speech. So there's some sort of air movement that can happen there. So she can be able to start taking control of her environment. If you give her a sip and puff wheelchair um, or any of these types of things. And that was mentioned like very little, like none of this, like how can we create this really meaningful life after having this injury, there wasn't any of that. The whole messaging of the story was like, all I needed to do was give my chance to be at the title. And I had that chance and now I'm done and I can die. Um, and it was just like, so frustrating, but to see that, of course, that's what people see. And that's what people think. And it's sort of like this, you know, and, and, and there's this moment where she tries to take her own life, but she's not even, she's not able to take her own life. Um, and they're not feeling like she has control over that way. Um, and then just being really frustrated that, like, where is that, those moments of hope? Like, how do, how can we shift for her to be able to engage in various meaningful activities because they exist and not knowing, and I'm not going to say like everything's rainbows and sunshines and like, yeah, she can still be blah, 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 blah. But like, she can still have meaning and, and be purposed and, and engage. It looks different. And there's a lot of healing that needs to, to occur to happen. But individuals with that type of injury or, or comparable disabilities are worthy of being here and are worthy of having meaningful relationships. And if we're writing these in our stories and this is what we're learning and this is what we're teaching ourselves, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I still to this day haven't watched it and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I actually could watch million dollar baby. So, so if you missed our media episode with, with Lawrence, Lawrence Carter long, um, he was sharing with us that Million Dollar Baby was his aha moment of holy crap. I'm in a movie theater world where people are cheering for the fact that this woman who now has a disability is killed at the end of the movie. People think that's good. And that's when mm-hmm. his world turned on. And he was like, Our, the way which in which we give the messaging on disability is all wrong. And, and that's how he got active. And and it truly is, it's that, um, what am I trying to say? It's that, it, it's almost like um, the, the subliminal messaging. You don't realize that that is the messaging that you're receiving if you're outside of the world, right? So there's messaging that we're receiving every day about whether it be mental illness or whether it be about disability or whether it be about rape culture or, you know, whatever it is. Unless you are an expert and within the world, who knows if that is the correct messaging that you're actually receiving, which then I feel ties directly into the conversations that we just had with our advocates who were expressing and explaining that, you know, you have to have the person who is inside the community experiencing that in order to get the messaging right. And you have to be able to that space for that person but unless you're creating that space and holding up the messaging that's true what you're doing is actually hurting a community and not helping it right right Um, absolutely so yeah I just feel like it all ties together but also I still don't think that I could I think million dollar baby would make me furious so I, I really don't think I could ever watch it 
Yeah. Well, and especially now having this level of thought and conversation reflection on it, like I get it, I understand. And it made me angry. I knew it was going to make, but again, I'm bawling. Like, and I'm not, I cry in movies sometimes, but I'm not like, anyway, whatever. Sure. No, I, I'm just say that back. I cry in movies, whatever. Fine. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was going to say like, I'm not going to cry that much. And I was like, no, no, no. I cry in movies. We're going to, fine. But like, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew how it was going to happen. I knew all the details of it. So it's nothing that was surprising, but I'm still just like bawling and, and just became really angry. And I think in that in general, I'm finally getting annoyed and I think maybe this is just like the approach of 30 is that I'm just getting like fed up and annoyed with like dumb stuff in my life that I don't want to have to put up with anymore um so I think it's just something like this where like these are just dumb messages that I know aren't true so I think it even comes back to Goffman's theory where when we go through like the stages where you hide and you can see it like first you you are perceived in this out of group alignment um, and you have all these social limitations put on you and then you can either pretend to be normal or just like set, accept the social limitations and then you can kind of reconcile all of that achieve this heightened social awareness where you realize that all these limitations are dumb and made up and don't actually apply to you because they're dumb and made up and that you have the power to rewrite them so you re-educate re the normals to be like, listen, we're part of this. I feel like I'm in that now where I like realize that these social limitations don't exist and they're dumb and made up. And now I'm like working on the re-education bit where we can more effectively broaden the perspective of what normal is and, and, and that like everyone is normal um, because we're all humans and this is all part of the human variation. So it's going to look very different in lots of different circumstances because we're all different. Yeah, no, Totally, totally, I agree with that. And I hopefully, I hopefully, people, as they were listening through, were picking up on those messaging, that messaging. Hopefully, if you're listening now and and you did stick with us through all of the episodes, um, you know the things that resonated with us that we're talking about now. Hopefully, those were things that also resonated with you because just just knowing that somebody else is feeling and thinking the same things that you're thinking is a really powerful thing. We're not in this alone. And, and you're not crazy when you watch million dollar baby and get angry because that is, you should be getting angry. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that's really important. And I think embracing, um, I think embracing that anger and learning to use it in the appropriate way is super, super important. And I think yes. that as we, as we, that both you and me have gone through personally, our own growth in, in pride of disability and understanding what that culture is and what that means. I think a part of the process is anger and it comes from of, it comes from a lot of different places, right? Part of it is being mad at the, the fact that society is stupid and treats you differently, right? Like that, that's fair anger. Another part of that anger in my world was being really angry that nobody taught me disability culture and I had to learn it myself as an adult person. I was really angry about that for a really long time. Um, and, and I think we have the power to change that. I think that's a really, uh, hopefully that will be a change that our generation is able to make now that social media is a thing. And now that, um, you know, if you live in a tiny hometown like I did, you still can be connected to culture and pride in a way that mm -hmm. isn't possible. Yeah. Uh, 
and and just then general anger for trying to understand like when you are connecting into the community what are the ways that you can be a part of it and share your voice like even finding your place in that um can be really frustrating and and i just that that we can start to create spaces as we've been talking about being good advocates for other people as they're coming into their pride for them to feel like they are able to share their experience and able to grow into their pride um and also be with them as they feel the anger that they feel because it's totally merited (laughs) it's totally that's real you should be angry I I really I really appreciate that you brought up the point in in people navigating where where they want to share their voice and how they want to share their voice. And I know that it's really exciting to be a part of of disability and to feel like you found your people. But then sometimes that's really big and really overwhelming. And you look at all these individuals and you're like, oh, well, I'm not like this athlete that does this. And I'm not this like blah, 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 that does this. Like, you don't have to be a person that does this, like finding that space and in, in what works for you. Like, you and I started this podcast. Great. If podcasting works for people, like start a podcast. We need more podcasts talking about this. Um, but if podcasting is like totally not your thing, then like don't do that. Like dance or write or um, cook or 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 anything. Run. I don't know. Just whatever, whatever is sort of that way that people want to communicate. Um, that that's absolutely like find the platform that makes sense to you and and find the messaging that makes sense to you. Um, you know, sometimes really people like really um, like motivational type videos or, or messages. Other people like really funny messages. Other people like really hard conversation message, messages, whatever. Like there's lots of different avenues. And I think it was really, um, I think it's really easy to see all of these different people and be like, oh, well, I'm not a model. So I can't be a part of this community or I'm not a whatever, you know, like a runner. So I can't be a part of this community or I, you know, I don't have like a thing that I need to be and whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like we need you and we want you because we need all of our voices. Um, and we are essentially are saying underlying very similar messages and to include us in part of larger society, but, um, we need you and we want you and, and please like whatever platform works and makes the most sense to you and, and really speaks to your truths like embrace that. And if it's a podcast, like, please, we need more podcasts or whatever. Like, don't feel that you can't do it because it's like, oh, well, that's Sarah and Nikki. And that's something that they're doing. Like, oh, we need you. We want you start them, please. We need um, our voices to be so loud and take over. I yes, totally I said that. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I think the, the word that struck me was communicating, finding mm-hmm. a way to specifically create or connect is the way that that community is going to be built and and is the way that when it comes time to really be active i mean the whole point of 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 this at least in my mind is to kind of hopefully create this really pride pride filled army that yes. when it's time to actually create real big change uh when it comes to things within our government we're ready to step up and do that right like we're ready to really push forward these civil rights like that is the ultimate big goal you know if you if you're breaking down disability the big huge problems within our community are housing discrimination employees and and healthcare those are the big three things that are civil rights that really have to be addressed 
And the there's going to be opportunities that that come up for us to be able to stand up and will be available for us to really share our voice. And the more voices that we have in that, the more the more ways we can encourage one another and be there for one another, that's only going to make the impact of when these real, real, real opportunities show up for us to create real lasting change. That's you know, we're, we're building into those moments, those big life-changing moments. And uh, yeah, so I guess I, that was my really long way of saying, yes, like, please create and please find the community and please, um, please communicate what you are feeling. Even if that is a lot of anger right now, we need you to feel those feelings because that means you're doing your homework to find your pride and hell yeah, good for you. We want you to do <laughs> but but also like being being intelligent and and um intentional and tactful in the way that you're being mad yeah no i i i agree you can channel your angry energy to empower other people or to tear people down there's two choices right you are either attacking someone or you are educating and empowering them. There's no, there. For, I see the world very black and white, Sarah. There's no gray. <laughs> so like that's yeah. just the way it is. Things are either right or wrong. And, yeah, and that's yeah. also the way that you go about making a correction also has to be tactful because you, if it's not, then you're just creating damage in, in a way yeah. that's for a community. It, that's true. True, 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 true. But then you get, if people feel attacked and they get defensive and no one's listening to anything, if we're all got our egos that we're wandering about and trying to protect and all of those different things. So that's a whole, that's a whole other beast there. But yes, being, getting angry enough and channeling it in positive ways um, to get you fried up. Yes. In your belly, all those things, Um, which is good. I like this. Let's go back to this concept of black and white, um, because I feel like that's a thing that we want to sort of delve into a little bit. Um, I, I know myself growing up, um, very like type A personality and wanting to do lots of different things. And I studied science in school. And so I'm very like, this is math. And I like formulas and um, all those different types of things. But I, I've learned to live in the gray because the world, the world is gray. So now my world is very gray. Um, but I'd like to see a little bit more if you want to if you want to sort of talk a little bit about about that black and white over there. Yeah, so black and so another big lesson that I am still really working on processing through was with our awesome expert Patrick. Um, he talks specifically about being advocates for mental health, and he was such a funny, cool dude to chat with, and he has so much to say. Um, just, just so cool, but he was really real about the fact that if you want to create real change, that's only going to happen when you are personally interacting, sharing your time, sharing your energy, sharing your life one-on-one with another person. You can make charts and graphs and data all day long to try to educate people and hand out flyers about it. But unless you can tie it to some sort of context and some sort of personal experience, most people are not going to hear that. And we're care. And, and that, me being such a black and white person, was really hard for me to hear. And yet, at the same time, really good for me to hear. 
So I've just been processing through, you know, the way in which to to still use the data and numbers, because obviously that is still important. Um, but the way to intermix and, and interact with people in a way where I can have both and I can be sharing my personal story. And I'm always, I feel like I'm always pretty open to share that with people, but uh, it really, that, that hard truth coming from somebody who all he does all day long is research and data and numbers like that is what he does all day long. That kind of truth coming from him, I think was really important for me to hear when I'm a person who wants to live in a world of data and numbers and reading and research. <laughs> um, so I think really good positive thing. But yet again, I'm still processing through it. So more to come as I continue to process that. I see it as like a different focus or, or a different lens or like a, a different coloring to it. Um, because I feel that the way that you're approaching the world, like, yes, absolutely. This is what you need to know. This is what you like to do. This is how, yes, like we need research and number and data and all of those. But I feel that the like connecting it to a person and sharing your story is almost that like different, like a, the different flavor or the different like sauce or the different, I, I'm clearly lacking the word for this because I'm just throwing up lots of other stuff in between. But I'm just thinking of that, like that this is kind of how it gets colored or, or shaded or, or, or just a different way of presenting that particular set of information. Um, I think, I think honestly, part of why that's hard for me is because in my life, in being a public figure, so many times, over and over and over again, I've experienced being specifically inspiration porn, which is just hurtful, not only to me, but to the community. And so I see my story, many in many cases, it's been almost more hurtful than helpful. And so I think, I think I've gone the opposite direction of that in order to almost overcorrect. So now I'm trying to think what that middle actually looks like when I have the power to kind of be in control of the messaging and that's good and I can't be in control of the messaging. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's also a part of it that maybe I hadn't really connected until right now in this moment. Yeah. Hey, I, hey. I like <laughs> it. I like it. That's what we're here for. That's what we're about. Um, I do see that. Yes. And I see how that, yes, yes, yes. Um, Yes. I, well, I was going to say something and also clearly forgot what it was. Um, oh, I was going to share too that when I was, um, I am putting together a presentation for diversity and inclusion at um, an event at the Rotary International um, Convention that's happening in Germany this year, which I'm very excited about. Um, but I was asked to present at this um, like particular breakout session. Um, so thank you for sending me for one of those videos that I was looking up in preparation for that. Um, and it was talking about like diversity and inclusion. And there was um, this messaging on there where um, I for, you know I forget the woman who um, was the researcher that was presenting it, but she was talking about this again, almost like like Offman's in group and out of group, and how that the people that we see as being a part of our group are fine and okay and have good characteristics associated with them. We have positive messaging to those people. And there's the people who are not in our group and they are different people. Um, and they have different things associated with them that may or may not be positive. Um, and it was just talking about how important it is to 
consistently like challenge our assumptions and have ourselves be open and aware to that and how we can then um, build that connection to then see that these people that we have put in an out of group really are welcoming to our in group. So I almost see that as a conversation that you're having too, is like, how can we create this personal connection? Because again, that's where I'm going to challenge my stigmas or, or the other person viewing me is going to challenge their stigmas and how we can create positive change is by building these connections. Because now that I have a friendship or a connection with this person and I see them for who they are, um, then I see that they are no longer any of these stereotypes that I was told or taught or assumed about them through any of these other things that I was experiencing. So it makes me come back to this concept of being angry, but that's not like an us against them thing. It's more, it's not like it's people with disabilities against people with able-bodied and I don't want that to be a war that breaks out or, or shame or, or a lot of anger and blame put on the other person. I think I'd like that back on that um, you don't want to like disempower other people or tear people down, but really how can we work together as allies to see each other as allies um, and, and really work on connecting and, and building a better society? I'm raising the roof right now. So yes, <laughs> with what you're saying. Yes, 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 yes. Always, always the intention should be empowerment and how do we work together and, and ways to best do that. So ho hopefully that is somewhat of a space that we have created here for other people. That certainly is, you know, the intention um, and, and our want, like that really is what we want. So hopefully um, in joining us for this first season, you have felt that empowerment and either you've learned something or you have connected with something that has been talked about in a way maybe that you have never thought about before that you felt alone in. Um, that is, you know, we've gotten so many text messages and emails and, and just different forms of communication from different people um, that to, to us is personally validating in the sense that, that people, we know people have wanted to hear this type of content. And, and while we know going into season two, we'll talk about this in just a second, but there are kind of logistical things about the podcast that will, that will be fixed and changed still like the concept and the idea and, and the, the themes and messaging um, people really have been seeming to connect with. And, and we're so grateful to hear that feedback. Uh, we want all types of feedback, but we're so grateful to hear that because, because that means that we are not the only two people talking about this. And like, you know, that, you know, that it's super validating to get that communication from your friends and family and, and other advocates in your life saying, yes, I so resonated with that conversation that you had. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about X, Y, and Z. Um, that that really has made all of the time and energy that's gone into this first season um, really, really validating and worth it, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say that too. So thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for sticking it out as we figure out all of the technical logistical stuff. I know we um, are getting better on audio. I bought myself a podcast microphone, so that's great, but I will no longer be typing in my car. So I know I heard that. I was like, oh my God. Um, but I know that these are all little bumps and hiccups. And I, and I know, of course, like we want to produce good sound quality because that's a medium that we're choosing to use. So like we should have good sound quality in order to be able to do that effectively. Um, but thank you for, for being with us on, on all of these bumps along the way. And, and I am proud of what we have produced. 
Um, so I, I and thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Yeah, totally. I mean, we definitely, Sarah and I have been in what I'm calling like survival mode where we just are really working through the, the first season. So there have been, you know, we kind of talked about this a couple of, of episodes ago, but we, as we are going in real time, we're making all of these kinds of notes of things that we know that we actively want to change and we know that we actively want to fix. And, um, and it's just a matter of taking the time to sit down and dedicate the time to this. So really, we, we just really knew that we wanted to get started. And the only way to learn was to kind of push this, this little birdie off the cliff and, and make it fly a little bit. So, so just so you know what to expect going forward, um, we are taking a summer break. And Sarah's gonna graduate the next time we talk to her, she's gonna be full yes. grad. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited. Um, and, and in that yes. time, we we are doing things in the doing a lot of things in the background. So that will be um, doing things to make sure that the next season is just that much better. Fixing things, um, you know, creating our outline, doing doing all these different things. Uh, we may try to personally reach out to you to get some feedback. Um, a big part of of our review, as we keep talking about, is we're not since we're not doing it for us. We want your feedback. Right. Um, right. Because it's about you. Because it's about you. So you may be tapped to, to fill out some sort of questionnaire to help us get better and to help um, fix and correct things uh, going forward. Um, we very much would appreciate that. If you've been somebody who has, who has listened through all 12 episodes and would like a, a formal way to share ways with us to make it better please, please, please shoot us an email and say, Hey, I've listened to all 12. Send me that. Send me that questionnaire. Well, Sarah, I think it's time to say goodbye to season one. Is this it? Is this the end of season one? I think think this is the end of season one. So thank you so much for sticking with us. And Mm -hmm. we will see you back here in a couple of months for season two of Disarming Disability. Great. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. We're so happy and we'll see you again later. We want to give special thanks to our network, Public House Media, for our intro beats, Jason Barnes at Cybernetics, for our logo art, Patrice, you can find him at normalpersons.com, and Matt Meldrum and Ryan Louie, our two-handed technical team. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or publichousemedia.org. Follow us on Twitter at DisarmDisable. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disarming Disability and check out our website, disarmingdisability.com. See you next week. Bye. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Your home is more connected than ever. So when one kid is schooling the competition... 
got it. The other is getting schooled. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And you're streaming a webinar for work and the latest episode of your favorite show at the same time. Shh. Your Wi-Fi needs to be able to handle it. That's why Xfinity never stops working to bring you faster, more reliable Wi-Fi. So you can do it all, all at the same time. Xfinity, the future of awesome. Learn more at Xfinity.com.